A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Hey guys, welcome to this week's edition of Welcome to Atlanta. We appreciate you guys making us your weekly destination to catch up with some of our favorite uh, Atlanta and Georgia guests, uh, both past and present. Let's not waste any time. Let's get to this week's edition of Welcome to Atlanta. All right, before we get to uh, play Aaron Murray, this is your life. You're a part of this podcast world with a very successful pod. Go ahead and throw that a little plug. Yeah, it is the Pun Pass podcast with my boy Drew Butler. Uh, we started it a few years ago, and uh, it's been great. And, and currently now in talks with SiriusXM to get the podcast on uh, on Sirius for the fall as well. So uh, making moves, having fun with it. And, yeah, check it out on both our social medias. And uh, we also have an Instagram for it, the Pun Pass podcast. So just a lot of fun getting you uh, recaps of the weekend and then getting you ready for – the next weekend with college football. I love it, love it, love it. All right, uh, so let's let's play a little. This is your life. I want to go back. Um, your high school. I mean, I've heard about the legendary Aaron Murray high school numbers and performance. So tell me, from your perspective, how good were you? How young were you when you realized <laughs> I can play that position? Like, don't be humble. I, I want you to tell me how oh, good man. Aaron was in high school. Uh, well, I actually. So this is. It started pretty rocky. I'm not gonna lie. Um, so. My sophomore year, I was actually playing safety. I was the backup quarterback. Robert Marv was the starting quarterback who had offers from all over the country. Um, so second game into the season, we're pay- playing um, this school called Gaither, and we're whooping their butt. So, you know, I actually had an interception in the game, my first interception uh, as a sophomore. And we're, like I said, we're kicking some butt. So they put me in at quarterback end of the game, just, just mop up duty, start getting some reps. And I'm taking my drop, five-step drop. I trip over my shoelaces, <laughs> fall down, land on my shoulder, and tear my labrum in my right shoulder. So my my quarterback career was almost ended right then and there with a torn labrum because I couldn't even take a five-step drop. So it was not pretty to start with at all. It was a, uh, a moment I would like to forget, but probably never can because it's on video. And uh, from there, a lot of rehab got right. Um, and and just had a great great career. I, I'm very lucky that I had a tremendous coach in Robert Robert Weiner, who who always said he was with uh, Robert Marv, got him uh, tons of offers across the country, uh, and even quarterbacks after me that were on you know went on to play D1 football and D2 football. So really good head coach, a grinder, and and got me both physically and mentally ready to go for that next level. And won a state championship my senior year which was a great way to go out. And uh, so I ended up with two state championships, one sophomore year where I was hurt. Uh, and, then, and then my second one, when I was actually the starting quarterback there my senior year. So you went to uh, Plant High School in Tampa. Some, some know that, some don't. Give me an idea about some of the college talent that played with you on that team. Oh, man. Uh, well, we had Orson Charles. I think that's, that's, for those Georgia fans, that's the big one. Uh, Orson transferred in his senior year. <laughs> we saw Orson at a um, – seven-on-seven tournament, and his team actually ran the wing tee. And Orson had like three, four catches his junior year. 
and him and I were talking, no, no recruiting, just, just purely talking. <laughs> and I was like, dude, man, you are a beautiful looking human being. We actually, in my phone, it was Orson Charles, the guy with big calves. I mean, his calves are just gigantic. <laughs> Uh, just an absolute specimen. And, you know, we were texting, became friends, and he ended up moving into the district that summer, transferred in, and he went from, like I said, three or four catches to, I mean, he had like 80-plus catches and like 20 touchdowns a senior year and offers from all over the country, both as, both as a receiver and as a tight end. So he's the big one, and we had a bunch of other guys go, um, you know, to smaller schools, a lot of kids offered, but we were just – Really smart football team, great coaches, coaches with you know that both played in college and in the NFL that just got us in the right position. And and like I said, lucky enough we had some studs like Orson that were just bigger and more physical and more dominant and just ran over. I mean, when I look out there and Orson's playing receiver at six three, two thirty, and the guy covering him is like five seven, one hundred and sixty pounds. <laughs> it's uh, it's just like, dude, just give him the ball and let him run him over and and just stiff arm his way to to an end zone. So how early did the recruiting offers come for you, and how crazy did it get before you finally made your decision? Uh, I would say after my junior year, midway through junior year maybe, I started getting some offers. Um, you know, had a really good junior year, a lot of touchdowns, um, and just a lot of yards, and we were a really good football team, so that always helps. I mean, I always tell kids at all levels. I mean, individual awards and scholarships will happen, usually if you're on a good football team because scouts are going to go there to see why you guys are so good. So I was lucky with that. And, you know, started, you know, spring junior year, started going to schools and campuses, checking them out. And, um, yeah, I ended up getting probably about 50 plus offers from, you know, majority of the top teams in the country. Uh, it came down to me really UCLA, Notre Dame, uh, Georgia and Florida uh, were my top four. And, you know, at the, I, I won the state SEC, and I want to say somewhat close to home, and that kind of cut out UCLA, even though I love UCLA. It's hard not to love that campus and the Rose Bowl, and I uh, had a great relationship with Coach New Heisel, who I work with now at CBS. But want to be close to home, and, and I think the biggest thing for me with Georgia compared to Florida was, you know, I knew Coach Rick and, and Coach Bobo were going to be there. Great, great quarterbacks, great quarterback minds, great offensive minds. Uh, more of a pro-style offense, which I've wanted to kind of get into to kind of get me ready for the NFL. So a lot of positives with that, um, and it was a great decision. <laughs> so it was it was a tough decision. A lot of people obviously were expecting me to stay in the state of Florida and, and become a Gator, and uh, just didn't work out. And, and don't regret it at all. I had a tremendous five years and, and started four and, and, and now live in Atlanta and consider myself a Georgia boy. So did you hear any grief from anybody within the state? I mean, it wasn't – social media was there, but it wasn't as, you know, prevalent as it oh, is yeah. now. Did you hear a, a bunch of pushback from people? Oh, yeah. I mean, shoot, my favorite restaurant – I'm not going to call them out, but my favorite restaurant there near my high school, I would, you know, go up there for meals and all the time. My junior and senior year, they'd give me a like pregame meal on Friday. I'd get a nice little chicken parmesan pasta, and then as soon as I committed to Georgia – uh, those meals disappeared. Uh, I mean, this is the place you walk in. There's Florida memorabilia all over the place, all over the walls, jerseys, pictures, autographs. And, yeah, that relationship pretty much ended the day I committed to Georgia. So uh, and my dad does say that he lost some business when I came into Georgia over Florida, jokingly, every now and then. But, um, yeah, there was definitely a lot of pushback. I just think, you know, you're a Florida kid. You're a top quarterback in the state. You're going to stay in state and, and be the next quarterback at Florida. And it just wasn't in the cards. And, um, like I said, no, no regrets on my end. I enjoyed 
every moment uh, being the quarterback there in Athens. So paint a picture for the audience of Mark Rick, the recruiter, Mike Bobo certainly, but Rick, you know, all the, the head coaches become these closers in this case because all we got from Coach was even in interviews or public was pretty laid back. Um, you know, he wasn't going to be, to the cameras, super emotional and fiery. What was he like in your living room and during the process? He was pretty chill. You know, I, I, I really built a, a, a really good relationship with Bobo, which was my goal because I knew at the end of the day, yeah, the guy I was going to spend the most time with was with was Coach Bobo. He was the quarterback coach. He was the OC, and and so I really got to know him really well. And obviously, I know Coach Rick really well. And, and Coach Rick just comes off as as everyone knows is one of the nicest guys you will ever meet. Um, and, and I think that was really comforting to to myself and to my parents, knowing that you know so many of the coaches we met were you know just just. You know, kind of stuff. The feeling was like a, a cheap car salesman at the end of the day, and it was just come here and we'll get you to the next level, and that's it. And and it really wasn't the focus on the whole person. I think that's what we appreciate from Coach Rick was we felt both myself and my parents felt that you know if I commit to Georgia, Coach Rick's going to he's going to help develop me both as a football you know as a football player obviously, but also as a man. And that was his main preaching thing. Is like I'm going to turn this 18 year old kid your 18 year old son by the time he leaves our doors in three four five years whatever it is he's going to be ready to take on the world whether it's in the nfl whether it's in in, in the business world whether it's as a father a husband whatever it is we are going to get him ready to go and, and that message was not really uh given from from pretty much any other coaches out there and, and it was just so refreshing to hear that message from him uh, and then obviously you get to the ball, and he is a tremendous head coach. He knows the game. He's played the position. And then the same thing with Coach Bobo. So I think that all helped boil down into my decision that I want to be a Bulldog at the end of the day. Follow the podcast, Park, on social media for live updates as new episodes hit and behind-the-scenes looks at all our shows. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Podcast Park. I want to talk about one of our great sponsors at the Rhodes Group. Yes, my buddy Clayton Rhodes and the Rhodes Group are a proud sponsor of us here at Welcome to Atlanta, and they're also my insurance company. Uh, it was about, I don't know, four or five months ago now that I finally realized why am I paying so much for my home and car insurance? I don't think we realize as the consumer we should be shopping or having somebody in a professional setting shop those rates for us. So I had the professionals at the Rhodes Group shop my rates and they ended up saving me a boatload of money. I'm talking about $2,000 for my home and car insurance. By now, you guys know it's a great time to refinance your home. You see all those rates? Well, you might not know it's also a great time to shop your home insurance. Home insurance rates creep up every year, and the only way to get the best policy and the best rate is to work with an independent insurance agency like the Rhodes Group. Here's the deal. You can get up to 10 insurance quotes in 10 minutes from the Rhodes Group at no cost to you. You want to visit them online, i got a special landing page for you. You can go to roads-group.com slash churnoff. It's spelled R-H-O-A-D-S. roads-group.com slash churnoff. You can also see the link up at Real Matlana on Twitter. They're my insurance company. They're going to do this at no cost to you, and you're going to end up saving a boatload. The Roads Group is the answer to saving money and getting the best in insurance coverage. Again, the Rhodes Group is the place you want to go. Tell them Matt sent you. Go to roads-group.com slash churnoff. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. 
Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Were there one or two instances over the years, maybe more, but one or two that just like topped every other where you saw him as fiery, as mad, maybe using a... You know, a potty mouth word that we wouldn't expect Coach Rick to, to use, like, in front of the cameras behind the scenes? Not really, man. He was – which is nice. I mean, you never want your coach to be all over the place. You know, you, you are who you are. And, and I think if there's a – if Coach Rick came in the locker room cussing and screaming, we'd be like, okay, this isn't good. You know, that's that's not his personality. You know, I like I like the – you know, you like the consistency from your coach of, okay, no matter what good, bad – up by two touchdowns or down by two touchdowns at halftime, like we are going to get the same dude with the same message because that's the guy we committed to. That's the guy we know. That's the guy we work with day in and day out. And, and that's who he was. Um, you know, obviously he had some fiery assistant coaches. You know, Coach Bobo was a fireball. Uh, Coach Todd Grantham was a fireball. I mean, those dudes did, I guess you could say, the dirty work of, of the screaming and cussing and yelling and you screw up, you're going to get a kick in the butt kind of thing. And, and so I think the balance was really good where you knew – Coach Rick was going to be this solid rock that was going to be the calm, steady through the storm no matter what. And then you had the fire from Coach Bobo and Coach Grantham to really get you uh, juiced and excited and, and ready to go, you know, play in, play out, game in and game out. So I think the combination of all that together was a really nice blend and, and, and it worked, really worked well for our teams. So when you get on campus in Athens, was it overwhelming at all to have to juggle the idea of, I want to play quarterback right away. I've got to go to class. I mean, that is it's part of the deal. You got to do that. There's the social life on Georgia as a quarterback coming in. Like, how did you take all that in stride? Oh, it's it's a lot, you know. It, especially for the fact that when you do become the starting quarterback, it's you know, it, it's it's a it's like I said, it's just a lot, and you're 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 kind of seeing, especially when I got to school, was really the beginning of social media. Like, I remember having a sit-down conversation, um, all the freshmen with, with Coach Lilly, our tight end coach, about Twitter. And in this Twitter, new Twitter world and Instagram world, all that stuff is starting about, you know, the pros and cons and should you get it, should you not. And and um, that just really changed everything. And then phones started having cameras on it. So all of a sudden you're this, you know, guy who's in the spotlight on the field. But now off the field, you have to be careful because of people taking pictures and people tweeting things and, you know, I'm not a kid that's going to do anything super, super stupid, but I'm also an 18, 19, 20-year-old kid that was going to make mistakes and, and, and slip up every now and then. So you really had to be on your P's and Q's. You know, I'd have fun conversations with Bobo, you know, because he would see a picture of, you know, say me at the bars or me on a sorority date night or whatever it may be. And he's like, man, I, I, I don't envy you at all. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, I used to do some stuff back in the 90s. And, you know, if the pictures came out, I would have been in a lot of trouble pretty much. So, He's like, I don't know how you handle it nowadays. and It's tough, and it's tough for all kids, and obviously we've seen kids get in trouble because of it um, as of late, and, and it's just, you know, I, 
a lot of kids like, oh, I don't want that responsibility. But it, you just have to understand it comes with the territory. If you're going to play college football, especially in the SEC, and if you're going to be in a position like a quarterback, running back, receiver, or a dominant defensive player, whatever it is, like you got to be prepared, man. you got to do all the right things because – at the end of the day, you know, kind of what I tell myself now is, you know, what what are your what are, what's your story? You know, when you're 25, 30, 40, 50 years old, like what is your story going to be? Do you want to be on the kid who didn't want to handle the responsibility properly, acted like an idiot, got kicked off campus and had to go transfer somewhere else? Like, no, I, that's not my story. That's not the story I want to tell. Like, I want to be the kid who took advantage of my position, helped out in the community. Um, was a really hard worker both in the classroom and on the football field and, and, and built a really good reputation for myself. So like any kid coming from high school and putting up big numbers, I'm sure you thought, I'm going to start right away. There's not going to be any hiccups. Injuries don't exist. Even though you already dealt with one in high school, you thought, that's behind me. I'm going to go in and win this job. But sadly, it doesn't work out that way. Yeah. Um, and I actually dealt with two. I actually broke my leg my senior year of high school midway right. through the yeah. season. Uh, was able to rehab, come back, and, and, and play in the state championship semifinal and the state championship game. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's no one really, like I said, no one really prepares you to take over that position. And, 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 and for me, a guy that is not the prototypical uh, size quarterback, you know, I'm pushing 6'1 on a good day, and I was about 200, 205 pounds. So those hits you were taking in the SEC, especially that first season, I mean, it, it beats you up. And in and, and high school, you know, it's six one two oh five. You you know, typically were the one of the bigger guys on the team. Like my center was five eight, one hundred eighty pounds. So you go from that to now everyone is three hundred pounds, and the linebackers are two twenty five to two thirty five. They can run four five four sixes, and you know that 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 hurts when those guys land on you and hit you in the lower body, or you know Nick Fairley me and and pick me up and drive me to the ground. Like that is not fun at all as a kid. That is is two hundred five pounds dripping wet. So. Uh, it was definitely a growing first year. We weren't the best of teams my freshman year either, which did help. Um, and I got the, the, the socks knocked out of me at, at, at points uh, and at times throughout the year. So it was definitely a, an awakening call, especially being a part of a team that had a losing record. Um, and, and, and we got to work that offseason, got better and better, and had a good, really good sophomore, a tremendous junior year. And, and, and that's you know, not the best way to finish it off our senior year, a lot of injuries, and I tore my ACL. But like I said, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Well, I want to ask you about the progression in a minute, but talk to me about the the Aaron Murray Zach Mettenberger competition from from the outside. Fans and media will always debate stuff like that as it's happening in real time, and then years later look back with a different perspective. So take me in real time because we always hear college players on the record tell us want the competition, we embrace it. But there also has to be something of, you told me to come here because I was going to have a chance to play. How did you view the Aaron Murray, Zach Mettenberger thing from the inside? Well, I, I knew kind of what I was going through because Zach, Zach committed first. Zach committed early on. I mean, he was an Athens kid. You kind of knew that he was going to go to UJ. He was a top 10 quarterback. We were both in Elite 11 together. And, and you know, I've never been the one to, to shy away from competition, and, and neither was Zach. Um, and Bobo was very straightforward with me from the beginning. He said, listen, we need quarterbacks. We're taking two in this class. And, and I was kind of in the mindset of that's, that's fine. You know, you, you should never be worried about the guys that come in with you or the guys that are uh, ahead of you when it comes to, to um, age and, and class. It's, it's the guys that come in behind you that you have to worry about because they beat you out. It's, it's kind of over with from there. So 
it, it was going to be uh, it was going to be a challenge. It was going to be uh, uh, a competition, and, and like I said, I've never been one to shy away from competition. And I took it. He took it. We both had tremendous springs. Obviously, he had some off the field issues, which which caused his um, you know his his career there at Georgia to be a little bit shorter. But he still moved on, and then it was able to go play at LSU and play in the league and go to Tennessee and play in some games. So. Um, you know, it, it brought out the best of both of us. I think, like I said, we both grinded day in and day out there, heading into our, our redshirt freshman seasons, and then had both had great springs. And you know, I, I credit my progress a lot to, to him, and I'm sure he can credit a lot of his progress to me. And, and just every day, we knew that we better show up and perform, or we weren't going to earn that starting position. How are you as a college player about? blocking out the noise because you mentioned we're now into a social media era there's talk radio there's a ton of kids on campus who i'm sure would would chirp in your ear were you good or bad at that i, I was pretty good you know i i, I didn't really re, you know read too much i try to stay off social media as much as i can you know because at the end of the day both good and bad is is, is bad for you you know if you're a kid that's reading all the press clippings and it's all good stuff you think you're the king of the world you're probably gonna go out there and crap the bed and not work as hard and if you're someone who's reading all the negative stuff, you're also going to put that in your head and not be able to kind of relax and go out there and play. So, you know, I, I stayed away from it as much as I could. Obviously, you hear it and you have to deal with it. But uh, like I said, that's part of the reason why I really was lucky enough to have Coach Bobo and Coach Rick because those are guys that have played in the position. And, and yes, maybe they didn't have all the media scrutiny and the social media because of when they played, but they still understood that there's a responsibility to being a college quarterback. And for you know, Coach Bobo, there's a responsibility to being a quarterback in the SEC at Georgia. And, and it was great to have someone like him to help me out, to talk to me. And even former quarterbacks like David Green and DJ Shockley, like those dudes would text me all the time during the week after good wins and bad losses. Like, you would you'd pick your head up, you played hard, get back to work, stuff like that. So I think there's a really good brotherhood of former quarterbacks at Georgia, even Zyre. You know, I'd see Zyre before every game on the sidelines because he does the radio, and him and I would talk all the time. Um, so I think those guys really took it upon themselves to to help out to help out the younger guy, to help out the new starter there. And, and I try to do the same thing. Whoever the quarterback is at Georgia, I, I get their cell phone number, and I try to stay in, in, in contact with them throughout the season just to – give them words of advice and help them out as much as I can. Well, you mentioned the journey and the process. You guys go from six and seven, your redshirt freshman year, you bounce to 10 and four. And then going into 2012, there was a thought you were going to be very good and you start the season red hot. Do you embrace hype as a 20 or 21 year old, or do you try to downplay it? Think back to your, like your handling of it, both internally and externally. Um, you have to embrace it, man. You have to enjoy it and, and don't let it obviously affect your your work on the field and work in practice but you know we, we knew we were going to be a good team um and and you have to have that confidence at the end of the day i think the best teams are the ones who are at that borderline of cocky and confident and and you obviously you don't want to be cocky and think that you can just show up to the ballpark but you also want to be extremely confident in who you are and your ability what you can do and we were a team that year who knew we had a lot of talent on offense we knew we were tremendous on defense and, and we used that to our advantage we showed up to the to the field whether it's Sanford or anywhere else in the SEC we kind of walked in with our shoulders back head, head up high kind of like hey we're here to, to to mess things up we're here to, to ruin your day and wreck your season and and we used that confidence all year long and ended up being a really good year for us 
So you have the one loss to South Carolina in the middle of the season, but the rest of the way you take care of your business. Aaron, I've asked a lot of guys when they, when they talk about their biggest games and their biggest moments, I'll, I'll say, how long did it take to get over that? And some answer, I still haven't because you just relive as a competitor images in your head. Is that Alabama SEC title game kind of that one for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, you can go over all the scenarios of, you know, plays called and, and passes thrown and, just the situations and man, if I would just would have done this or this or this or this, you know, we would have won the game and been the national championship and probably would have won that. And, you know, I, I've kind of gone over that of, of rethinking it and reliving it and trying to go in my head of what could, I could have done better to win that game and just said, listen, I was a part of one of the best SEC championship games of all time. It was awesome. We lost. That sucks. But, it was still a blast, man. I, every minute, minute of that game, being able to be a part of that game, the back and forth, it was it was awesome. It, it was some of the most fun I've ever had playing football. I wish we would have had a different outcome. I, like I said, I wish a couple plays would have been a little bit different, but you can't go back and, and change that. So I, I try to focus on the positives, like I said, of the fact that, hey, this was, this was one of, or it was one of the greatest SEC championship games of all time, and um, they just were able to make a couple more plays at the end of the game than we were. How fast are, you know, games move fast anyway, but how fast are things going late in games like that that have so much on the line? Oh, it, it's flying. I mean, it, it, you know, from the pass to already on the left and you're running down the field and, you know, it's like, do we spike it? Do we go for it? What's going on? I mean, everything is a complete blur. And I've talked to my offensive line buddies and, you know, they're like, dude, we had no idea what was going on. We were just waiting for the ball to snap and just get in the way. Like, we had no idea what the protection was. It was kind of like, in the moment, just get in front of someone and hope that the ball gets in the end zone and one of our guy catches it at the end of the day. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's mayhem. It's craziness, especially being in a stadium like that where it's 50-50. And, you know, maybe a little bit more Georgia fans uh, just being in Atlanta. But it, it's, it's a lot of fans. It's a lot of emotions, a lot of screaming. It's a lot of yelling. And your emotions are already pretty high as it is because, you know, one, it was the SEC championship on the line. And two, both teams knew that the winner went to the natty. And and that's that, that that added even more juice and energy to that game. And yeah, that ending was crazy. It was a blur. And I just remember when the ball was tipped and and, and Conley caught it, looking up at the clock. And and those six seconds were like the longest six seconds of my life. Like I'm like, there's somehow we can get to the get to the line of scrimmage and spike it, but you knew you couldn't. But I mean, it was that that six seconds felt like uh, an eternity, just waiting for it to click down and, and know that we weren't able to finish it off. Follow the podcast Park on social media for live updates as new episodes hit and behind-the-scenes looks at all our shows. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Podcast Park. I want to talk about one of our great sponsors at The Rhodes Group. Yes, my buddy Clayton Rhodes and The Rhodes Group are a proud sponsor of us here at Welcome to Atlanta, and they're also my insurance company. Uh, it was about, I don't know, four or five months ago now that I finally realized why am I paying so much for my home and car insurance? I don't think we realize as the consumer we should be shopping or having somebody in a professional setting shop those rates for us. So I had the professionals at the Rhodes Group shop my rates and they ended up saving me a boatload of money. I'm talking about $2,000 for my home and car insurance. By now you guys know it's a great time to refinance your home. You see all those rates? Well, you might not know it's also a great time to shop your home insurance. Home insurance rates creep up every year, and the only way to get the best policy and the best rate is to work with an independent insurance agency like the Rhodes Group. Here's the deal. You can get up to 10 insurance quotes 
in 10 minutes from the Rhodes Group at no cost to you. You want to visit them online, i got a special landing page for you. You can go to roads-group.com slash churnoff. It's spelled R-H-O-A-D-S. roads-group.com slash churnoff. You can also see the link up at Real Matlana on Twitter. They're my insurance company. They're going to do this at no cost to you, and you're going to end up saving a boatload. The Roads Group is the answer to saving money and getting the best in insurance coverage. Again, the Rhodes Group is the place you want to go. Tell them Matt sent you. Go to roads-group.com slash churnoff. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. So this is probably a dumb question, but I'll ask it anyway. When it's just over, the finality... Like, does it hit you right away? I mean, what does that instant reaction and, and just the days after feel like? Uh, it really didn't hit me till we got, I would say, probably on the bus on the way back to Athens. Um, I think in the moment when you're standing there and the confetti's coming down, you're kind of like, what's going on? Why is this over? We were right there. And you're just kind of in disbelief. And like I said, trying to, immediately going over everything in your head of what, what went wrong and what could have been different. Even in the locker room, when you're talking to reporters, same thing. You're thinking about what went wrong, what could have been different. And and it really isn't until you get onto the bus where it sinks in like, damn, man, we, we, we're we leaving the stadium and we're not SEC champs. Um, and and it's, just, it's just not a great feeling. Uh, that night wasn't a great feeling. You know, there's a bunch of us that definitely drink our feelings away that night. Um, and, and, and uh, you know, the good thing is we were able to – get to a great bowl game, the Capital One Bowl versus, I believe it was Nebraska, and you know, were able to go there and, and have a lot of fun there in Orlando, win that game, and, and at least finish the season off with a win and a Capital Bowl one win, which was pretty sweet. Do you, and, and I guess younger athletes, college, even young professionals, like do you think we're going to be back in the spot again? We know how to get here. And unfortunately for you, the following year, the ACL injury, um, I mean, you don't even get to play the thing out. Like, how frustrating is it from the time you left the Georgia Dome thinking, we'll be back here to that's how it ends for you with the injury? Yeah, because my mindset was, you know, I wasn't sure if I was going to come back or, or declare for the draft. But when you get that close and you taste it, it's kind of hard not to come back uh, and give it one more go. And, you know, it just wasn't the season for us. I mean, we were just banged up. I mean, we had seven, eight ACL injuries alone. You know, I remember just going to the Vanderbilt game my senior year and, you know, we, I think all my receivers were hurt. You know, we were playing with walk-ons there in the fourth quarter. And it's just like, what is going on with our roster? And it was just and, – and, and, and half the battle throughout the season is just staying healthy. You know, usually the teams that are making it to the championship games at all levels are the teams that usually stay the healthiest. And, and we were just a team that year that was obviously battling a tough SEC schedule but also battling the injury bug. And it was not the way you wanted to finish off, but – and, you know, like I said earlier, it did not dampen at all – my experience at Georgia and, and my enjoyment and, and, and the great times and great games and two, two of the best games um, of my career and, and two of the most 
exciting times of my life as a football player were that senior year. The games were South Carolina, the game versus LSU. I mean, those two games there in Sanford uh, were just absolutely tremendous, especially that game versus LSU. The emotions, two top ten teams, game day was there, uh, and we were able to win a, a game that went to the late to the fourth quarter was probably, along with that SEC championship game against Alabama, the most exciting football game I've ever played in. Well, you also played in that great, it didn't end the way you wanted, but the great game against Auburn. You, you mentioned Nick Fairley yep. a little bit earlier. I know Georgia fans to this day, I mean, if they already didn't like Auburn, they gave him a little reason to, to add a little more hatred to the rivalry. Take me back to that game. Like now with this many years to look back on it, in the moment, it's very heated. You thought there was a cheap shot. Like has your view changed at all this many years later? Oh, definitely not. And I think it's actually gotten even, the case has gotten stronger because of the rules nowadays when it comes to um, what you can and can't do, hitting players, hitting defensive players, and hitting quarterbacks. So yeah, Nick Nick was definitely very dirty. Um, we even told the, the, the referees ahead of time, we said in film, like, this is what he does. Be on the lookout for it. And, and just the calls were not made. I mean, he speared me multiple times. He hit me below, you know, hit me in the knee a couple times. He, um, you know, lifted me up and, and kind of drove me into the ground, which you weren't supposed to do. I mean, so many things a week ahead of time since the rest, like, this is what he does. Be on the lookout for it. And so they called a couple of them, but I mean, they could have called like four or five personal penalties on him throughout the game. And I mean, he's just one of those players that obviously he's really intense, um, but I just think he takes it a little bit too far. Um, and, and it was shown all season long and, you know, it was, it was kind of dirty and it was upsetting, but it's football and the referees aren't going to call it. You know, you can't stop the game. We just got to keep playing. And, and that's what we did. We just kept playing the entire game. Have you crossed paths with him at all over the years? Oh, no. <laughs> have not crossed paths uh, with Nick. And um, and hopefully I won't. I'd, I'd, be, I'd be a happy man if I never crossed paths with Nick Fairley. That's a great way to say it. All right. Let me ask you about the NFL transition. So you get drafted by the Chiefs. Did you – talk to them a good bit did you have an idea where you might go and whether they were interested or not not really honestly you know we, we i met with the chiefs the day before my pro day with matt nagy who was the, the quarterback coach at the time who's now the head coach of the bears and you know they really weren't on my list of you know we had a tier a tier b tier c of of, of where we thought teams that may draft us and, and may not draft us and they really weren't in any of those um so it was kind of surprising day 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 two of the draft when I get a call from Kansas City, Missouri, and the first thing in my mind is like, oh, my goodness, what is in Kansas City? Like, I'm thinking middle of nowhere, nothing, uh, uh, Midwestern city. And I, I was, I'm not going to lie, I was really surprised when I got there. Like, it's actually a legit city. It's a good size. Uh, and I actually I, I loved it. It was the people were great. The food was great. The fans are some of the best fans, if not the best fans in all of college football. And uh, I loved every minute of it. Coach Reed is, is one heck of a coach. And I was fortunate enough. I was with Coach Reed, Doug Peterson, and Matt Nagy. Um, you know, two guys have won Super Bowls in the past three years, four years. And Matt Nagy is the head coach at, at Chicago right now as well. So got to learn a lot from them and, and, and be around Alex Smith, who is one heck of a quarterback. And kind of amazing to see his journey, especially these past couple of years. So um, but I said, loved every minute of it. I, it, was a, it was a blast uh, being there as a chief. Does the uh, business of it take some of the edge off? I mean, the, the positive vibes, not just from them or anybody. Like, you were only there for, what, a year plus, two years, and then all of a sudden, you know, just the business angle pops in. So how does that change the dynamic of what you remember about Kansas City? Not much, honestly. You know, you know it's a business when you head into it, but we had a really close-knit team. Um, 
throughout my time there and, and just had a lot of fun. It was just a really good group of guys. And I think at the end of the day, too, like I said before, the, the fact that Kansas City was such a great fan base, you know, win or lose, whatever it is, like those fans there just love football. They love sports. And it was, you know, I went to Philadelphia my third season and being there is completely different, as we all know. I mean, you're winning, they love you. You're losing, you know, you're getting the boo birds and they're hating you and all that good stuff. So to be at two different places, you know, you really, for me, uh, I really start to really appreciate even more just how great those fans at Kansas City were. And they really made uh, my time there a, a great experience. How tough is it for a lower round draft pick to get a real shot? Like, because you're getting the preseason, it would take an injury to get you in the game. I mean, look back on your moment there to think, gosh, I wish I would have gotten a chance, you know, four game stretch, an eight game stretch in the regular season to really show people. Yeah, it, it's tough. And, and you know, I had, I had opportunities and, and, and spring uh, OTAs and, and preseason games. And, you know, I, I didn't get the job done, plain and simple. You know, I, I, I tried to do too much. And I think that was, was one of my biggest downfalls is I thought I had to go in there every preseason game and throw three touchdowns and, and complete 80% of my passes. And, and at the end of the day, I remember I talked with Coach Reed when I did get cut after my, my third preseason. And he's like, Aaron, in practice, you were you were phenomenal. You showed up every day in practice, and you were great. We were excited for you and, and your development and everything. And he said, in games, you try to do too much. And I did. I, I, I literally, every preseason game, my mindset was, I got to go out there and throw a bunch of touchdowns. And he's like, if you just would have done what you did in practice, you would still be on this roster right now. Huh. And and I kind of tell kids that all the time. It's like, they don't want to see – obviously, touchdowns will come, and the yards are great, but – they just want to see you execute the offense. Or if you're a defensive guy, they just want to see you execute the defense. Like, just do what they teach you. And as a quarterback, go through your reads. If it's not there, check the ball down. And if nothing's there, take a sack. Don't try to force the ball in there and throw an interception. And I thought, like I said, I thought I had to go out there and do all these crazy things to impress the coaches where if I just would have done what got me there, what I did in practice, you know, most likely I probably would have been there another season. That's interesting. Uh, before we wrap up, the journey is always an interesting one for any quarterback, and yours took you to two different leagues, both the AAF, which <laughs> we in Atlanta know what, what happened there with the the Atlanta Legends and the rest of the league. So I want to start there and then finish up with the XFL. What was your experience playing in a new startup league? AAF was, wasn't great. Um, not uh, Definitely not as well run as, as the XFL. Uh, I thought the XFL was tremendous. And, and they were smart. They waited. They let the AAF go first to market. They sat back, made sure everything was ready to go. And I thought the XFL did a great job. And I'm excited for them to get back. I think they're going to come back next spring, I want to say. Right. Because I, I thought they did a really, really good job. I thought the production, I thought the games were great. They were fun. The cities were really good that the teams were in. The coaches were tremendous. Like, I thought they did everything first class, the travel, our facilities, everything. Like, our facilities in AAF, we were in hotel, you know, meeting rooms or hotel rooms for meetings and an LA Fitness for our training where the XFL, like, we had our own facility, own training facility. I mean, just everything was so much better. So, I'm excited for the XFL to get back. I think it was a great league. I think it was gaining a lot of interest throughout the season. And obviously, COVID hit and, and just kind of ruined all seasons. But uh, I do believe there is a, a want for college fo- or not college football, but football in the spring. And, and, and I'm excited for the comeback. Are you completely done? Like, is the bug out of you or do you still have an Oh, itch? yeah. I, I, no, I'm done. Um, you know, I had a great 
great time in those leagues, but uh, I'm, I'm enjoying my broadcasting career now and, 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 and being a dad now to our nine-month-old uh, Maddox. Now, listen, sleep becomes you know a priority, as you've seen over the yeah. last nine months. So then let's do the Barbara Walters way to end this. Where is Aaron Murray in five or ten years doing what? Probably, I mean, just still doing the broadcasting. I love, I love calling games. I love being around the game, and you know, just hopefully continue to work my way up, um, and then just calling SEC games and having the ball doing it. So, and, uh, and 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 I guess in five years I'll be coaching my son in whatever sport he wants to play or whatever he wants to do. So, looking forward to that as well. Aaron, the college numbers, I mean, they speak for themselves. I know the career was uh, was enjoyable for you, some great moments. I, I will end, though, I lied. I'll end with this. Do you look back and think, were you treated as well as you would have liked by Georgia fans, by just folks in general? Like, did you feel like maybe took a little too much grief for some things, or how do you view your time at Georgia looking back? Oh, no. Listen, I, I, like I said, I, I enjoyed every single moment of it, and the fans were tremendous, and, and they were great to me. You know, you, you can't expect to go out there and – be loved 24-7. You know, I made mistakes, and I screwed up, and I deserve to get booed at times. And, and uh, it just comes with the territory. But overall, it was the fans are tremendous, and that's one of the main reasons why I stayed in, in Georgia and live here in Atlanta. You know, I just really appreciate everything that they gave to me during my time there. Aaron, good luck with the pod, my friend. Great stories, good memories. We wish you and the family nothing but health moving forward, and thanks for the time. Of course. Thank you, guys. Have a great week. All right, Aaron. Be good. Guys, thanks again for joining us. We appreciate it very much. Thanks to the great folks at the Rhodes Group. Remember, the Rhodes Group is where you want to go to have them shop your insurance rates, both car and home. They did it for me at no cost. They will do it for you at no cost, and they can save you a bundle of money. You have nothing to lose and only something to gain with the Rhodes Group. You can go to the Rhodes Group, uh, check out their great website. You can go to my Twitter page and find out the information there with a landing page right over to find out how they can get you 10 quotes as quickly as 10 minutes. Thanks to Brian Murphy for producing the podcast, and thanks to you guys for making us your weekly destination. We'll talk to you next week on Welcome to Madlanta. Welcome to Atlanta where the players play And we ride on them things like every day Big beats hit streets, see gangsters roaming And parties don't stop till 8 in the morning Welcome to Atlanta where the players play And we ride on them things like every day Big beats hit streets, see gangsters roaming uh-huh. And parties don't stop yeah. till 8 in the morning Spring is here and baseball is back You can't forget the derby I love the hats Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan Wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Hi, I'm Mark Beckham with Atlanta Ramjack. We specialize in only foundation repair. What is foundation repair? Foundations sink or settle. These issues need to be addressed. It only becomes more costly the longer you put it off. What is the biggest cause of foundation problem? Either poor construction, inferior site preparation, or weather. Drought causes cracks in your foundations. If you see any signs of foundation issues, please contact us at atlantaramjack.com.